Wait, okay, Lee Harvey Oswald's the guy who assassinated JFK, right? If you don't believe that his head just did that. <laughs> Which is my favorite conspiracy theory. His head just did that. His no head one just did that. No one shot him. No. <laughs> His head just, like, combusted. But I don't know. Hello and welcome to Our Stranger Things podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is... What is your favorite 80s movie? Like, iconic, classic 80s movie. And I'm going to, today, talk to you about The Outsiders. Okay. The Outsiders was the first book that I had to read for school that I actually really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, I read it in 8th grade, Mm -hmm. and I liked it a lot. And I really enjoy the movie. I think it's great. I recently re-listened to the audiobook of it. I have, like, the 50th anniversary edition of the book. I and I rewatched the movie and everything and yeah. So today I'm here to talk to you about The Outsiders. It's a great <laughs> film. Today there, this actually isn't a Stranger Things podcast. It's an Outsiders podcast. <laughs> the Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31 year old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And mine is pretty predictable considering like what's in this movie, but it is Back to the Future. Yeah. It's a beloved movie that my mom introduced me to, and it just always makes me think of my mom. I could quote you every single line of Back to the Future. 100%. Yeah. Like, it's it's iconic for a reason. Yeah. It's also, like, one of the, it's a really, like, tight script, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the story is just, like, nice. And part two is like, just as good. Is it absolutely ridiculous? Yes. But that's why it's good. Yeah, there's a reason John Mulaney got a lot of mileage out of the plot of this movie for jokes, you know? And so did Stranger Things. <laughs> exactly. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I would also pick Back to the Future, but since Brittany did it, I will go with Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Interesting. Yeah. You went for Jedi instead of Empire. I love a happy ending. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Also, like, Leia getting to do the rescue scene at the beginning of <gasps> Return of the Jedi, iconic. I would also like to honorable mention Clue, mm. because I've seen it an obs- obscene amount of times. Yeah. Oh my god. It was, uh, 85. Same nice. year as, uh, Back to the Future. I was, uh, 89. Yeah. So. Britney's actually my favorite 80s movie. <laughs> Thank you! For a movie? Yeah, because everything I do is entertaining and slightly dumb. <laughs> Just saying. Today we have words to say about episode 307 of Stranger Things, The Bite. This episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons 1, 2, and 3 of Stranger Things. Not that we have many episodes left. Right, exactly. Yeah, 1, 2, and I guess just this next episode. Yeah, and also we'll talk about what happens next. Yeah. Next episode. Um, as far as I can tell, The Bite uh, the vital. The vital. The, the, no, that's it. The title is The Bite, therefore it is The Bite. The vital! Yes. <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's literally just that an important bite occurs to Eleven. Yeah. So. Uh, you know what? I think you're on something there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I do have a thoughts from listeners that one of our friends on the Discord server, uh, asked me about. Okay! Um, our friend Isra, who's at Isra Glass on Twitter, yes, she said... Is. Because it was a whole thing that Steve won the fight with that guy, with that Russian guy, right? Yes, of course, he finally won a fight. But then when they come back, he is, like, already up and, like, talking to other people and warning them. And so she said, did Steve win the fight or did that guy 
play knocked out so that he would stop fighting him. So did has Steve actually ever won a fight? Isra said, I'm gonna take this from Steve. And I was like, that one hurts. Um... <laughs> But also makes way more sense and is therefore sadder. <laughs> it like, kind of doesn't make sense. But like, how long has it been between when that guy gets up and when he's not? I'm pretty sure like within like two minutes maybe. Oh. Because yeah, like uh, he like they knock him out and then they go and they like look through the window and then they go in there and then they're like, oh no, and people start chasing them and then they come back out and the guy's already up talking to somebody else. Well, so... maybe it's just like a super brief KO. If you want to say it's that, possible. I, I'm also okay with just taking this away from Steve because it's funnier. It, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we split up this episode in the exact same little triangle configuration as we always do. However, we are changing up the order a little bit, um, and we are actually going to start with the kids because I think that was the shortest storyline, to be honest. It was, and like, even though there's a lot of action in it... Mm-hmm. Not a lot of plot moves forward, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's mostly just, like, conversations, really, yeah. And fighting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So the kids and Jonathan and Nancy talk about Elle's visions. She said that the Mind Flayer said it's building something, and they conclude that the Mind Flayer must be coming after Eleven for closing the gate, but Eleven says that it's actually after everyone. It totally then proves that by showing up at the cabin like an unwanted guest. Everyone arms themselves, but the only person to actually stop it is Elle, which is a huge shocker. It grabs Elle by the ankle and tries to take her, but the boys manage to drag her back while Lucas cuts his arms off with an axe. Elle's leg is super injured. She manages to stand long enough to behead the Mind Flayer. Everyone piles into Nancy's car and they escape the cabin. They break into a big box store and scour it for supplies for Elle's leg. Instead of finding supplies, Lucas and Will find fireworks, and I think they're valid for that. Mike apologizes to Elle for being selfish. They're interrupted by Dustin's call over the radio, but they can't make out anything he's saying. Elle decides to use her powers to find Dustin while everyone else does a new Coke commercial. (laughs) He's at the movies. They leave. Billy arrives at the store and he finds Elle's blood, so I guess he's on the right track hunting-wise. At the mall, Elle saves Dustin and Coke from certain death at the hands of some Russians by throwing a car at them. The two groups finally reunite, but before they can celebrate, Elle collapses on the ground. Something is super messed up with her leg. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. Because they're they're saving up, like, the main storyline for next episode. Exactly. <laughs> Just the truth. So first of all, this episode begins with them, like, the, the fireworks happening at the fair, which we put in the Jopper storyline. <laughs> um, but the kids are at Hopper's cabin, and they can see the fireworks from the cabin. Mm-hmm. Eleven is telling everyone what Billy said. Um, they're building an army, but not to spread, but just to stop Eleven. They just need as many people as they can get to stop Eleven, basically. Because she's the only thing in the Mind Flayer's way. She's the only one who can close the gate, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and she's like, also, he's gonna kill you guys, and everyone's like, great, thank you so much. I love the part where Max is just like, okay, Cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. This just is the life I chose. Just huh? another day in Hawkins. Yeah. So they hear weird noises, and they're like, oh, hey, those are some weird noises. And Jonathan's like, oh, I think those are just the fireworks. Jonathan, please. Jonathan is Jonathan. useless as usual. Jonathan, like, the stakes are high, sir. Like, where have you been? Yeah. What do you think? What show do you think you're on? You, it reminds me of in the other storyline when Holly is like, oh my gosh, the trees are moving. And Karen's and like, Karen's oh, look like, at the fireworks. What are you talking about? Except Karen has an excuse because she doesn't know what's going on in Hawkins. Yeah. Jonathan, you look like a fool. Jonathan uh, <laughs> knows better. So they're like, oh, Billy had said that in this room, like the vision was in this room. So they're probably on their way here right now. And we were like, how does he even know where it is if he's only seen the inside of it? And the way I kind of explained that sort of is that the mind flare at the end of last season was inside Will in this cabin. And then when it left, maybe it still knows where it is. I don't know. (laughs) 
So Will feels the goosebumps, and I like that they that they didn't do the same shot that they do every time. Um, every time we see that Will's getting goosebumps, they show a shot from him from behind mm-hmm. with his goosebumps. And I just liked that they didn't do that again. Yeah, yeah. it feels like they do that every single time. It, it, yeah, this time it was just like from the front, and he was just like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. It would have been overdone. Mm-hmm. His spidey senses, they were tingly. Yeah. I just find that like it, it, when it's like a motif, yeah. then it's cute. But if it happens every single time, then it's a little bit like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and you can, like, show it in different ways, mm-hmm. like they just did. Yeah. And the fact that um, we've seen it done so many times now that, like, just him putting his hand it's to the back hand. of his yeah. neck, we know what that means now. So we don't have, we don't need that shot. So they look outside and it's there and, oh my god, it is huge. This is unprecedented. This is nothing that, that like, they've ever dealt with before. I'm just yeah. gonna say it. She's chunky. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. I know. So Nancy goes to open the shed. She grabs a gun. Jonathan has an axe. And then they start barricading the cabin. And to be honest, I was under the impression that this thing was like barreling toward them immediately. Like we didn't even have time to like go and get supplies or anything. But oh, apparently it's pretty slow. I guess it's like slow moving or I something. Guess. They're like, we need to go get supplies. Mm-hmm. But I guess when that sort of thing happens, all you really can do is defense. Like there's nothing oh, yeah. that you can, else that you can really prepare for. So, I mean, if they had time to get outside, didn't they have time to hop in the car and leave? Right. <laughs> but I guess it would just follow them, you know? Like, either way. But maybe they thought that their best... I mean, if it's slow, then, like... Exactly! It's going, I don't know. It's like this big old creature, and I'm like, wait, why is it even slow? It can take huge steps. Well, it's slow now because the L ripped it in half. This is, like, as it's coming toward the cabin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just thought that it, that it was faster, and so we didn't have time to, like, go out and, like, get our stuff to barricade and stuff, but... Apparently not. (laughs) So Nancy tells them to stay away from the windows, and then we hear a bunch of scary noises. Will says that he knows that it's close, and they think that it's gone, but then it smashes through the wall because we gotta have a jump scare sometime. Oh, so true. It was good. It's a good one, though. Like, Mm -hmm. they, they, like, pause for a minute. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Jonathan saves Eleven from a tendril, but then he gets thrown into a wall, and it seems like the the sort of tendril that is, like, running around here is the same thing that, like, sucks your life out, you know? Like, it's, like, Mm, one of those, like, it looks the same as that one. And so I was wondering if maybe it was trying to make, like, another zombie out of Jonathan, because then Mm. it'd be good to have one here. You know what I mean? Because they don't have any here. It's literally just the mind flare. So, like, God, imagine how terrifying would that be if, like, Will and Nancy both straight up watch Jonathan become a monster Mm -hmm. and then, like, start going after them. That would be horrifying. And, like, because it comes after Nancy next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, does a similar thing. So I would, uh, I would assume yes. But also, it seems like it always goes after Nancy, so I love to see it going after Jonathan. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Nancy saves Jonathan by shooting it. Um, Eleven holds it back, rips the mouth off of it, and sends it out the hole in the wall. But then another enters, and we're basically just doing this over and over again, kind of. Yeah. And then Eleven gets lifted in the air, so they try and save her. And to be honest, if Mike hadn't gotten to her as quickly as he did, mm-hmm. she'd just be out of here. Oh, she, she would oh, yeah. go on. Yeah. And so Nancy shoots, Lucas grabs the axe and tries to help, and then Eleven has got a bite. The bite, the, you might the, say. The bite. What? Mm-hmm. The bite. Um, and then Eleven uses her powers to, like, rip it in half, and it's pretty badass. But it can just, like, come back together, right? Yeah, it yeah. basically just it, reforms itself yeah. every time something happens to it. Yeah. So it's, like, not that helpful. Right? It's definitely self-healing, but it does disable it long enough yeah. for them to get away. Like, mm-hmm. it's worth it, yeah. So they take down the barricade to get out, because I, I don't know. I'm just like, if you hadn't done the barricade, then it would you would have been able to get out faster. <laughs> because wouldn't you assume it could just come through the roof like it did? Like, I don't know. They're Um, children. They're not that smart. Yeah, it's true. So they all run to the car and Nancy drives them off. And it's kind of like, ah, bye, Eleven and Hopper's house. 
Yeah, like, that, that thing is um, not recoverable. No one's property is safe. No, no. one's property That's is why safe. we had to leave Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't own property in Hawkins. So they get to the store, and Nancy does, like, a sick parking job in front of this store. It's called Bradley's Big Buy, and they're breaking in, and I think, I was like, it seems like the kind of store that would be open really late, but then I realized that it's probably closed because it's a holiday, not because it's so it's super late. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely closed because mm-hmm. it's holiday. Also, yeah. did stores stay open late back in the day? Did they do that? I don't know. I was not alive. Me either. Yes, they did, but it's definitely closed because it's a holiday. Because it's already dark. And yeah. it's summer, so it must be, like, pretty like freaking 10, yeah. late. Yeah, it's probably at least 9.30, Yeah. Because um, the carnival probably goes to, like, midnight. Yeah. So Nancy gets some medical supplies, and Eleven's leg is hurt very badly, clearly. Nancy starts cleaning it, but then Max says you have to stop the bleeding first, and then clean, and then disinfect, and then bandage. And she knows this because she hurts herself skateboarding. So she needs to know these things. Max said, I learned first aid so that I could continue to be wicked cool. Yeah. <laughs> so she has Mike put pressure on it to stop the bleeding, and Max is basically giving instructions to everyone. And I really appreciate Nancy and Jonathan immediately listening to this younger kid and re- yeah. respecting the fact that she clearly knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't even question it. Yeah. Um, like, they just recognize that she knows better than them, and they accept that. I they like do. She does that. way more dangerous stuff than they do. Yeah. It must also be nice for Max to be respected, because mm-hmm. I don't think she gets a lot of that at home. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, so Lucas offers everything in his backpack, but Max is like, none of this is helpful. Can you just go get the things that I told you to get? Like, <laughs> like you're in a store. Yeah. The whole point of coming to the store. Yeah, Lucas, like, think that's weird, but Will is like, bro, the stakes are high. Like, come on, let's, let's go. And so Nancy and Jonathan are discussing the monster and talking about how, like, people were all oozy and then they all became one and maybe, like, all of them are in there. And they're right. And it is terrifying. Yeah. It's just as terrifying as you think it is. (laughs) Yeah, they are correct. Everyone is goo. Mm. So they're like, if we kill the monster, then we kill all of these people, but we have to save Elle and the town and the world so we don't really have a choice. Well, yeah, you're basically, you kind of got to go, like, I am preventing mass murder. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I can't stop bringing this up. There's, like, no explanation or consequence to all of the people who are dead this season. Yeah. And yeah. that bugs me. Like, every other season has been, like, minimal casualties other than, like, a few people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Barb, and then, like, Bob, and Muse. <laughs> and, like, Aww, that was, Muse. And that was kind of it. And then, like, all of the government people, but, like, that's what you get when you're working in a shady government lab. But, like, this, like, all those people in the hospital, all of these, like, just people of the public and everything. It's like, I know I bring this up every episode, but it's just so jarring the fact that we don't see any consequences to such big, like, such a big thing that happened. Maybe that's next season where all the fallout happens. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I don't know how much, uh, do we know how much ahead they're skipping this time? Uh A couple months, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. So Lucas is supposed to go get a bowl, and he thinks bowls should be with the cereal. And they can't find one. And they're like, what else are bowls for? I don't understand. Bowls are only for cereal. Baking. <laughs> but, no, like... It's hard when you're an idiot. And I'm like, would they even sell bowls? I was thinking of, like, a mixing they really, bowl. This sort of Well, it's store. a it's a convenience store, yeah. right? So I, they might not. Honestly, like, my... If f- anything, you'd get, like, a, no, like, a paper... Like, pack of paper plates? Yeah. Like a pack of paper bowls? Mm, I was thinking that, like, you could get, like, a thing of noodles, like a ramen. Like, a, sometimes they come in bowls that you can microwave. Oh, yeah. You open up, and I'd be like, ooh, is that spicy? You probably shouldn't put that on a wound. But actually, I think Brittany... Spicy wound. It's very smart. Is to get, like, a bucket from, like, the cleaning closet. Yeah! But then or I'm like... the cleaning aisle. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, the cleaning aisle, yeah. Well, I've solved it. I am officially smarter than those fictional children. So they're like, what, what are these balls? What, what else are bowls for? And I'm like, uh, how about haircuts, Will? Soup? Oh. I guess. Oh, yeah, because his haircut sucks. Got this it. Got, bowl cut. got okay. it. Yeah. I thought that would go over better. Bless his be heart. I was, t- I was it really It took me a minute. Yeah. Yeah. joke, so... So they see a stand full of fireworks, and they're like, oh, have you ever shot one? And Will says no, because of course he hasn't. And I'm like, when have you done it? When Will wasn't there. Like, that's sus to me. It's suspicious to me. Family activities. It doesn't, I don't know if his parents would let him do this, though. It says 18 plus. You know what I mean? I'm like, when did you do it that Will wasn't there? Fair enough. So Max shows up, and she's like, hey, um, I asked you for a bowl, and you are playing with fireworks. I does mean- he Does he say that he's done it before or does he i i think does he just know a lot about fireworks i i thought that he i was under the impression that he had seen it done i think he's just mad knowledgeable he knows a lot about it yeah like specific amount of grams of powder and stuff like that. well like you're a kid you probably get like uh magazines and stuff yeah that have like maybe that's true information and you're like wow, this is a firework I could only dream of. Yeah, it's just like, I think he says like, uh, oh, have you ever seen one of these done? And he's like, no. And he's like, it's amazing. So Max, is she shows up and she's like, um, hey, I needed a bowl and you're here doing this. And Lucas is like, we can use these as a weapon. Do you have a better idea? And Max is like, yeah, let's save Eleven. Get me a freaking bowl. They're... A hilarious couple, I think. Yeah, and he's like, well, she might need backup because it's, like, really big. And so Will and Lucas stock up. They don't listen to Max. (laughs) Um, Mike and Eleven elsewhere are talking about how she'll have a dope scar. They say bitch it again, which is very cute. Clearly she told him, like, that whole story, and that's very Mm -hmm. cute. Like, she told him, like, everything that happened in 207. Yeah. And that's fun because this is 307. Oh! So Mike says that being broken up has been really hard for him, and he finally apologizes. He finally says the mm-hmm. word so- sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, like, ignoring, like, the radio chatter that's happening. And I'm like, hello? Like, who else would be on there? Even if even if it was not Dustin, it could be, like, a Russian thing. Like, you should be paying attention. I guess they don't know about the Russians yet. They say, excuse me, I don't have time for plot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm to- like, I have time for plot. But we have to make this very important apology. I gotta yeah. tell you, the kid relationships are not compelling to me, except for Max and Lucas, and I, it's only because I enjoy them, mm-hmm. not that they're overly interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, they're pretty interesting, but the the relationship drama is so boring. I am, um, I'm always interested in whatever Will's doing, though. Yeah. Yes. I always want to know what he's up to. Yeah. He's a good boy. I love the concept that this is just straight up in a convenience store. Like, it's just in a 7-Eleven, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, like, everybody else is around. And so he's making this very important apology and, and basically telling her that he loves her. Where Nancy and Jonathan are, like, two aisles down. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally anyone could hear Nancy well, and Jonathan are two aisles down going, oh, He did it. Everybody already knows, yeah. except for Eleven. You know, I just be like, I am dying to hear whatever's going on here. Um, like, I would honestly show up and Eleven being like, I don't know this phrase. I'd be like, hello, I will tell you what he's trying to say. Yes, I will translate <laughs> for you. This is painful. And so he says that he was jealous of Max at first, and he says that he said really stupid stuff, and it was selfish of him to expect her to only hang out with him. And he's like, I don't know, sorry, like, I, you know, it makes you crazy. And basically he's trying to say he loves her without saying it, but she hasn't heard the phrase, which he should know, because <laughs> she doesn't... She's new here like, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So he, like, keeps trying to give her hints, but she straight up just doesn't get it. And he was, I think he was finally actually going to say it and going to say the word, but then Dustin comes on the radio, um, and he is in the projection booth of the movie and is like, sorry, I've been gone. Um, and he's like, he admits that he actually was kind of mad at them mm-hmm. for a while there, but of course Mike doesn't hear it, so it doesn't matter, cause, yeah. but he did say it. <laughs> 
Um, but I've been trapped underground in a Russian base, and everyone's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure, okay, sure. cool, 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 cool. Except it's hard for them to hear him, so they, they don't know what he's saying. And he's like, please come get us, but they didn't hear, because they're out of battery. And Nancy and Jonathan kind of, like, show up too late to that. And yeah. so they're like, basically, we know that Dustin's in trouble, and we need to do something about it, and so they do. This whole episode is filled with um, Back to the Future references, mm-hmm. but this one is probably the most blatant because, like, the movie is playing in the background while they're, like, having a very similar conversation to one that happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. So Eleven's going to try and use her powers to find Dustin, and she's meditating in front of the Egos um, because they've opened the doors so that she can hear the hum of the freezer because she always needs, like, that white noise sound. Oh, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. That's clever. Um, and so Lucas loudly opens a can of new Coke, and they shush him. And because Mike doesn't like New Coke, and no one except Lucas likes New Coke. And they're like, well, you know what? We should do a whole advertisement for New Coke. <laughs> yeah, right he says the remake is better just like The Thing. And Mike and Lucas are arguing about it, and Lucas is like, what, you like The Thing? And he's like, no, I don't care about The Thing. I'm talking about New Coke. And Eleven's like, excuse me, I'm trying to concentrate here. But most importantly, Mike says, uh, actually, and so we can use that forever now. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So Eleven was searching for Dustin, and she finds that he's at the movies, and they all think that's kind of weird. He's in trouble, but he's at the movie? Yeah, they're like, oh, he said gate, so that makes sense. And then they're like, no, no, he said great, because he was enjoying his movie. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're like, whatever, we'll just shut the gate again, because that worked so well last time. Yeah, if anything. Yeah, totally stayed sure, closed. Sure, definitely. If anything, it made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> and so Max brings up the fireworks, and Lucas is mad, because making fun of him and they just kind of like left all their stuff on the ground including like all this blood and i'm like what poor minimum wage worker will find this in the morning and cry over all the (laughs) all the theft and all the broken glass and all of the everything they just get there and like "Hmm, i'm not dealing with this boss yeah (laughs) i think it's so funny that they chose to break in here and none of them had any qualms about it yeah and they didn't even like they didn't leave any question they were just like yeah we're breaking into this and then eleven's blood starts to come together like the Mind Flayer does. And then later, Billy finds the store because the ooze is there. I think they're, like, trying yeah. to have her, like, the ooze. like all of this ooze is just going to drip out her leg and always know where she is, I guess. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a tracker, I guess. Ugh. And um, the lights are flickering a lot because the Mind Flayer is literally right here. A tracker thing makes sense, yeah. though. Oh, I didn't think about it like yeah. that, but yeah. Um, so, You're you know, smart. Thanks. You should have a podcast. <laughs> okay. I'll start one. Okay. Will you be on my podcast? Yeah, also? sure. Okay. I can't just do it by myself. <laughs> yeah, of course. Do you want Sam to also be on it? Um, if she has time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's a busy lady. Okay. Um, so a lot of other things happen in other storylines, and we bring it back to the mall where they have found Steve and Dustin and Co. And the Russians are following them. The mall is completely locked down at this point, and they hear something behind the Russians. They hear something behind a counter, so they go and check it out. And this is Jurassic Park. It's mad Jurassic Park vibes. There's lots of Jurassic so Park. So much Jurassic Park. And it, you know, they hear something behind that counter and it really is them. So they were in major danger there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were about to get caught and, like, killed. Yeah. For sure. So then there's a show car and the alarm goes and it's like, haha, Eleven is here and we got some dope music. It's so good. You know, whenever Eleven is standing there with her hand out, that yeah. some, some shit's about to go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she throws the car at the Russians, and our little Scoops fam just, like, pop up and see them. Scoops fam. And Dustin had explained all of this and everything that had happened to Erica, but Robin is like, um, 
what? Uh, Superpower girl? What's happening? Magic? I don't know. And so they all come together finally. Dustin hugs Mike and Eleven and it's very sweet. And Erica still truly did not believe that Lucas was part of this. But but now she (laughs) has to. She's finally standing there and she's like, great. Now there's proof. Like, well. And Lucas is like, what? My little sister is here? (laughs) Lucas, have you met your little sister? She's so smart. And I gotta say, he is the one who's allowed to be surprised. She she should have known that he was here because Dustin literally told her. That's true, bestie. And she's like, well, it's everyone else's fault that she's here. Or that I'm here. And Steve is like, yeah, I'll take that blame. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely That's my fair. Bad. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a fair accusation. And like I said, Robin is like, um, huh, what's going on? And thank you, consistency, because she <laughs> would have no way of knowing this. No one told her. Yeah. And they're like, dude, she has powers, obviously. Hello, pay attention. Keep up. Keep, keep up. And Erica didn't know Eleven which is interesting because Lucas has been hanging out with her, but Erica didn't know her. I'm guessing Eleven isn't allowed to meet new people. And, like, even when, um, you know, Erica was being a mall rat, like, all summer, Eleven wasn't really allowed to go to the mall. Yeah, like, she Mm -hmm. and Max were the ones who went, uh, let's go break all the rules. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so Nancy's like, hey, by the way, um, who are you to Robin? And Robin's like, oh, I work with Steve. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's the one who cracked the code. She's very important. Um, and he, she had, like, just learned that Steve was, like, in love with Nancy. Mm -hmm. And she had just said, oh, my God, she's so prissy. And he's like, mm, not really. And now she's showing up and she's like, oh, uh. With a shotgun and yeah. like Ew. blood in her hair. Interesting. So, okay. And it turns out that like the kids storyline had no idea about the Russians at all. I mm-hmm. think that's so funny. Mm-hmm. They were so busy with everything else. I sometimes have such a hard time with miscommunicate with the miscommunication trope or like, yeah. it's not even miscommunication, yeah. especially this season. It's just like lack a lack of, of communication because yeah. there's. There, it's the 80s. There's not a whole lot of way to, ways to communicate if you're far away from each other. Yeah. But I do always love the part of the season where the teams come together and all share their information and I start think figuring it, it out. It works in period pieces like this. I know. think season period three did it so much better than season two did it. Season mm-hmm. two Season two dragged it out too long and like made there be like a lot of negative consequences for it. Mm. It just um, wasn't fun to watch. And like it didn't... I mean, I'd say like overall the season was still good. Yeah, but having, yeah, having them be separated and just waiting for that, and you're just like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. It, I, I definitely agree was, they should have brought Eleven faster or yeah. earlier. I, I'd say it was, I just think it was better executed in three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my next note was that, like, it's, what's nice about this season is that no one needed each other's information to do their job, ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, we were able, like, they're not doing stupid things because they don't know stuff that everyone else knows, mm-hmm. which is the which is what I don't like. Yeah. Because then it makes the characters look dumb. Yeah, and Dustin's like, what? What do you mean? I told you about the Russians. They're like, bro, we could not understand you. Mm-hmm. And Steve, like, moms him about the low battery. And it's like, well, it's fine, because we're not dead, and everything's okay, and now we know. Okay, but, like, um, Steve with the nerd vibes. Always have backup batteries. Yeah. Okay, nerd! <laughs> Lucas keeps asking about the Russians, and Dustin's like, yes, this is not hard to understand. There are evil Russians. And so I Max, feel like I would have some questions. Yeah, and Max yeah. is like, it's, so it's not about the gate, and Dustin's like, of course it's about the gate. Yes. The Russians and the gate are so many things. Yeah. And so Eleven starts hearing a sound, but she's the only one who can hear it, and then she falls to the floor because her leg hurts really bad. They take off the bandage and something inside her leg is moving and she's like screaming about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And you said that was, uh... Uh, I think it's probably, uh, meant to be a little bit of an alien reference. Uh, it's clearly, it's not in her chest, obviously. Yeah. Which is what the alien from Aliens is, does. Um... (laughs) But it's it's got similar, like, energy mm-hmm. to when something bad is inside you and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh dear God. God. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. So that is the kid storyline. Um, It all comes to a head next episode in the finale. But before we move on, we're going to do everyone's favorite segment. Uh, uh actually? actually? Here's 
where I'll insert a clip of Mike saying, uh, actually, and, uh, it'll be cute. Then our lives will be complete. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually. Okay, are you ready? Uh, actually, in Back to the Future, Marty's You Built a Time Machine line happens shortly before Einstein returns to the present. In the screening scene in this episode, the line is heard just after it, even though most of the rest of the scene that's part of is heard in its proper place. That's oh, yeah. weird. You built a time machine out of a DeLorean? So why, would they, that, why would they do that? Probably to get that iconic line in there. I know, but like, why didn't, why why didn't you just start play it? it? Yeah. Choices got made. Yeah. Uh, actually, Steve and Robin comment on Lorraine's attraction to her son in Back to the Future after they've suddenly left the theater. The episode implies that they leave in the few minutes Dustin has gone to the booth right after the time travel is first shown, but the earliest sign of Lorraine's attraction to Marty is 20 minutes away. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's, like, they, he's not even, like, awake yet. He hasn't even gone back yet. No one's murdered Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, when Lucas and Will are in the cereal aisle at Big Buy, there's a single modern cereal box in a sea of vintage ones. A box of Millville gluten-free cocoa rice. Why? Why? How did that slip I don't know. And then, uh, actually, modern Cheez-It boxes can be seen from behind the top shelf as the kids are exiting the Big Buy store. Oh my god. What the hell? Did they just, like, rent the store from Guy's Grocery Games? I don't know. <laughs> no, that one's way bigger. It's true, it is. Uh, actually, the song Rock in the USA plays during the opening scene. The scene is set on July 4th, 1985. However, while Rock in the USA was on John Cougar Mellencamp's album Scarecrow, which was not released until a month later, on August 5th, 1985, but the song does not appear to be playing in universe. So true. it's okay. Yes. Yeah, it's right. not... What's that thing called? Diegetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, uh, actually, this one's my favorite. Okay. Because I always leave my favorite to last, you know. Okay. Uh, actually, fireworks sales were not legal in Indiana until 2006. Shut up! <gasps> Shut up! <laughs> the closest state in which fireworks sales were legal in the 1980s would have been in Tennessee. No one's what? paying that close of attention. Shut up! That's, I mean, that's a pretty... Yeah, that's a pretty that's big That's a pretty one. big discrepancy. Yeah. But, like, who's actually going to know that? People who were alive in the 80s? I and was alive lived in, in Indiana? Oh, I didn't know that. You were... <laughs> You were three months old for the last three months of the 80s. And I was right for that. <laughs> and I was doing the Lord's work. I was. Pooping my pants. Probably, actually. <laughs> Almost certainly. Almost certainly, yeah. yeah. I, don't, no, I think that's probably look, 100%. Yeah, you can look at any person and be like, at some point in your life, you pooped, you pooped your, your pants. pants. Yeah, I'll own that. <laughs> Everyone on the show has pooped their pants. I'll own it. Yeah, I suppose. So now we're going to do the Scoops Ahoy storyline. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this one. It's because it's cute. I feel that you will have extra insights. What, because we are gay people? Yes. <laughs> So this is the summary for the Scoops of Hoistery line. Dustin drives a vehicle with Erica. Steve and Robin joke around in the back. They get to the elevator and continue to goof around. Dustin asks about Steve's car, but his keys were taken by the scary guys. Once they get to the top, they're immediately seen because not one of them were trying to be stealthy and have to start running again. Dustin ushers them all into the movie theater. Steve and Robin complain that their seats are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin explains to Erica that they're trying to lay low, but Erica disagrees. Dustin leaves to find them a ride. Dustin speaks to Mike briefly on the radio in another storyline, but the radio <laughs> runs out of batteries. He goes back and asks Erica if she has any. She doesn't. Also, Steve and Robin are missing. Luckily, they're not too far. They're just getting water and staring at the ceiling before going to the bathroom to throw up. After that, they start playing 20 questions, which culminates in Steve saying he likes Robin and Robin saying she doesn't like him back because she has a crush on a girl named Tammy. Steve's like, what? She's a girl! Because he's very clueless. But then he gets it and they laugh together and it's very sweet. After the movie, the four of them blend into the crowd. Steve tells Dustin that he accidentally told the evil guys his full name, so <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't go back to his house. 
They find the guards are checking everyone who leaves, so they have to run again. Is anyone concerned about Dustin's mom? Right. Like, what about Claudia and also Mewtwo? Or Muse 2 or whatever his name is. Mew- Mewtwo! Mewtwo. <laughs> I know, it's it's close, though. It's I know. like Muse 2. I know it is. Yeah. Do they just never- they never address that, do they? I don't think so. Oops! I think they're probably- I think- that if they hadn't, if they had gotten everybody else out of the mall and couldn't have found them, then they would have headed to Dustin's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because they did know where they were, that they didn't. That's my mm. guess. Okay. So Dustin is driving the vehicle with Steve and Robin in the back, and Steve's like, oh my god, slow down. And Robin says, Indy 500, and Steve says it's 300 because he's Britney and he just says things. <laughs> he just says inaccurate things <laughs> with such authority. Yes, and this is like the third or fourth <laughs> time that he's done it, and it's great. <laughs> In reality, it is absolutely 500. <laughs> um, and they're like, oh my god, what if it was Indy a million? Ha 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 ha. What does the number even mean? The amount of laps. They do 500 laps? Yeah. That's a weird sport, guys. So many. That's yeah. so many laps. That's why the race takes so long. Oh. And people just sit there the whole time? Probably should yeah, be 300. Yeah, because people like pass and crash and exciting. Mm. I wish that it was I like, like multiple races instead of just one really long one. Hmm. I feel like it would be more fun that way. You know what? We should call up the people who own the Indy 500 and tell them. And be like, I've got some uh, I have some suggestions. I don't know how any of this works, but I have some suggestions. Yeah. So Erica's like really confused and Dustin like doesn't know what happened, but then he has to stop the thing abruptly. And so they get out, they use the key card and it works and they go up. And Steve gets on a trolley and looks like he's surfing. It must have been so much fun for them to film this and just be like, yeah, can you just be high and say your lines? If I were them, I would have actually gotten high. (laughs) Yeah. I think that might be frowned upon. This character work. Um, They're method acting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, like, exactly. Like, but, but, but to method act, you would do it on your own time and remember how you felt instead (laughs) of, like, actually show up to work. (laughs) Um, and so I guess it goes up just as quickly as it goes down, which seems like not really potentially how science works, maybe, but that's okay. Sure. Because it goes up really, really fast. And I know that we said it was because it's not for people, so it's fine that it goes fast up and down. Mm-hmm. But it just, are they using hydraulics already in the 80s? I don't know how elevators work. Are they using hydraulics? They're, they're using the same mechanism as Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney bought it from the Russian. Oh, okay. You said that so confidently. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. Erica said that they seem drunk. And I'm like, hey, where has Erica seen drunk people? Just on TV? Probably. Probably. And I... Dustin's like, yeah, because they were just knocking back shots with the Russian guys. <laughs> I mean... For sure. Like, how would that have even happened? And so Robin pulls the trolley and he falls. And Dustin checks Steve and he's got a fever and his pupils are dilated. And Steve just keeps booping his nose. <laughs> Erica He's got a very boopable little nose. It's true. And Erica thinks that they were drugged. And I'm like, how does Erica know about these things? Like, I know that she's crafty and intelligent, but, like, she seems to know a lot of things. I think Erica consumes a lot of pop culture. You know what? She's she's also you. You're both Steve and Erica. I know. Because Erica, Erica must have watched CSI as a child as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She both has a lot of information that is accurate, but then, unfortunately, I am paired with Steve who has no information but says things confidently. So either way, I know something or I know nothing, but I'm going to say it in the same manner. All right. Yeah. Um, so they ask Steve if he's drugged, and he's like, no, Dad, it's only marijuana. <laughs> and as far as we know, that's correct, uh, that Steve probably just does that, except for he he smoked as well in season one. And Dustin's like, are you guys going to die? And Robin's like, we all die, but it's like, how and when? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's an existential thing. Dustin's like, right, we need your car. 
And Steve and Robin are like, can we just grab some food first? Because they really want some corn dogs. And I respect that. They got the munchies. And he's like, sure, whatever. Just where's the car? And he's like, oh, uh uh-oh, you guys. (laughs) That thing's super gone. Uh Uh-oh, you guys. They took my keys. That's a bummer. (laughs) Ha oopsie. (laughs) Ha oopsie. So they get outside and Steve and Robin are tasting the air. And honestly, I bet they are so hungry. Oh my god, but I bet that air tastes Mm -hmm. Crisp. Yeah. Yeah, especially after being underground for hours and mm-hmm. hours. And you're high as a kite. Yeah. Yep. And so they see two guards and they run. Like they like no one was even trying to hide. They, they just, just confidently walked, walked out. Walked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like, you know what? By this time, if we get caught, that's on us. I know. Well, <laughs> like, you know that the Russians were probably like, hey, they're we can't find them. They're probably on their way up. Can you look for look at the like one way that you can get <laughs> one exit. down, basically. And so people were definitely waiting for them. And then Robin and Steve also totally forget why they're running as well. <laughs> so they pull the teens through to the movie theater. And Dustin knows these hallways because we saw them all. Oh, I was going to say we saw them all taking this route in 301. But Dustin, Dustin wasn't there because he was in the... But he... The I, I feel like it's implied that, like, they did that before he went away to camp. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then Steve gets trash popcorn and starts eating trash popcorn. And that's why you throw up. Not just because you're drugged. Because you ate trash popcorn. You ate trash popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> I have some. Delicious. Mm-hmm. So Back to the Future is playing. And they just sit down and start it. Sorry. And they just sit down and start watching the movie in order to, like, hide and just pretend to be randoms. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it me or would this plan have totally worked, actually? Yeah. Yeah. If they had, if Steve and Robin had stayed put, probably. And didn't have, and, like, like, Robin at least just kind of looks like she's weirdly in her uh, work uniform. But Steve's face is mauled actually, and he has blood all over him. <laughs> It works, it works up until they leave the theater at the yes, end of the movie. It like they, works perfectly even when they're in the The bathroom. movie is over. Yeah. Exactly. When they, but by the time that the Russians even get anywhere close. Yeah. It was a flawless plan. I gotta applaud Dustin for this one. It was perfect. I just think Steve needed another outfit and maybe for his eye to heal to be like completely. Yeah. Away from suspicion. So Robin and Steve complain that they chose bad seats, and Dustin's like, okay, then don't watch. And they're like, well, I I want to watch. watch Okay, then watch. Then watch. (laughs) Um, I love that he's become their dad, because Steve was always his mom. This was kind of like a mom to everybody, and now Dustin has become dad. Dustin's like, oh, I don't want to do this at all. And they get shushed, and everybody's always shushing everybody back. And Dustin tells them to stay, and Steve calls him dad, and Robin laughs. And Dustin and Erica move over to have another conversation, because there aren't any more seats around there, so they have to go to where there are seats. Mm-hmm. And Dustin says he's never having kids. I mean, you can't blame him. <laughs> I love that he's, like, comparing drunk teenagers to having Actual children, children yeah. yeah. Those are just toddlers. It's Drunk yes. teenagers are just toddlers. It's the same thing. So then they bring up Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> um, what in the hell? Yeah, so they said they're laying low like Oswald, and I had I did a whole bunch of research on this. Oh my god! Did you really? Yes, because I didn't really I didn't understand what they were talking about. Like when they said Oswald, I thought, oh, maybe they're talking about Lee Harvey Oswald. And I looked it up, and like they, they basically were. their whole conversation was about that, and I didn't know hit the story of what happened. Gotcha. Okay, which okay. is fair because mm-hmm. you're Canadian. Yeah. And so they say he was found and arrested in a theater and then shot to death. And they're like, yeah, that was a week later or so. And I was like, please explain this to me. So, Wikipedia. <clears throat> so this is about the Texas theater. Um, the theater is most famous for being the site of Lee Harvey Oswald's arrest on November 22nd, 1963. Warren Butch Burroughs, manager and concession stand attendee, the afternoon of Oswald's arrest, said that Oswald came into the theater between 1 and 1.07 p.m. Burroughs further claimed he sold Oswald popcorn at 1.15 p.m. Julie Postal, the ticket seller, who who was posted out front of the entrance told the Warren Commission that Burroughs initially told her the same thing, although Burroughs later denied this. 
don't know why he would do why that. Why would you deny that? I don't know. Julia Postal, however, never saw the man enter the theater, relying on another's account, which according to the official government report happened at a later time. Texas theater patron Jack Davis also corroborated Burroughs' time, claiming he observed Oswald in the theater prior to 1.20 p.m. The films presented that day were Cry of Battle and War is Hell, which Oswald briefly viewed. So basically, he got arrested in that theater, and then he got shot to death, but... Like, after he had gone away, basically. And so they're like, you know, Dustin is saying, we're hiding just like Lee Harvey Oswald. And Erica's like, yeah, but then he got shot to death. And Dustin's basically saying, he didn't get shot to death in the theater. Yeah, he hid in the theater. He didn't die in the theater. Exactly. He's no Abraham Lincoln. Right. (laughs) And so these are having a debate over what happened. Um, (laughs) Thank you! (laughs) It's it's iconic. (laughs) Wait, okay. Lee Harvey Oswald's the guy who assassinated JFK, right? If you don't believe that his head just did that. (laughs) Which is my favorite conspiracy theory. Yeah, his head just did that. His head just did that. No one did, no one shot him. His head just like combusted. I don't know. I'm sure this is in bad taste, but. It's been so many years. It's been so many years and we're in Canada. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh my god. So, I want to hell for sure. So Erica has to watch Tweedledee and Tweedledum while he gets a ride. And his ride is going to basically be Nancy. And then a ride basically appears on the screen uh, uh, when he says that. Steve and Robin don't know what's going on in the movie because they haven't seen it. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and they didn't see brand the, new. And they didn't see the, the beginning of it either. Okay, but to be fair, the most formative part of the movie, they actually arrived at. The, yeah. They arrived at the inciting incident. Yeah. Yeah, they did. So Dustin... Went on there to talk to Mike, like we said, but he needs batteries. And so he comes back and he's like, Erica, do you have any batteries? And she's like, yeah, because I just have batteries. I just have batteries. And he's like, I always have batteries. And so she's like, then what so what's, what's, is the, the, what's the issue then? Why are you huge, asking me for batteries if you already have Huge, them? Amy, do you have a hairdryer in your purse? No. Gina, do you have a hairdryer in your purse? Yeah, I'm not an animal. Yeah, energy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe his head didn't just do that. <laughs> uh, Such a stupid ass thing to so she's like, okay, so what's the problem then? And he's like, I don't have enough. I need more batteries. <laughs> I need eight batteries. You should ask Steve, who apparently also has batteries. I don't know. So they're like, okay, we'll just do plan B. But then Steve and Robin are gone. They, well, I mean, Where they, got, did they, go? they got the dry mouth. Yeah. I'm like, Erica, your job. She was too invested into the sci-fi. Because, film. you know why? Because she's a nerd. Because she's a nerd. She's a nerd. <laughs> and so they like, basically they left because they didn't know what was going on in the movie. And so they went to go get water. And Robin talks about how the mom was trying to get with her son, which, um, yeah, that is weird. And her eyes are so red. (laughs) It is extremely funny. Yeah. And Steve's like, well, they're the same age. And she's like, well, they went back in time, she explains. And he calls him Alex P. Keaton because Mm -hmm. he would know him from Family Ties. That's how he would know him. And then Robin, although drugged, fully explains the name of the movie and the concept of what's going on. Because yeah. she's just that powerful. Yeah. And then she wants more water, so they both get, like, really weird about the ceiling because they're just super high, and then they go into the bathroom to puke. I have to say that the drug was not, like, ingested, though, so it, it's probably, like, more of a nausea thing, I would think, than, like, re- like, getting rid of what's actually- because it wouldn't be in their stomach. Yeah, but something in your bloodstream can still also make you bark. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know, like, if that would be them- dispelling the actual drug out of their system. Right. Clearly they have sobered up a little bit afterwards, but that might just be a time thing rather than a... Because the entire movie occurs. Yeah, because like when you get drunk and you barf and you barf up the alcohol, you feel better because it is out of your body. But since this was injected, they're not barfing up 
the actual drug. Yeah. So the ceiling stopped spinning for them, and they're like, oh my gosh, did we puke it all up? And we just talked about that. Um, and they're like, okay, let's play 20 questions, basically, but they say it's going to be interrogation. And so he says, when's the last time you peed your pants? Fantastic question. Absolutely fantastic question. When was the last time everyone here peed their pants? I don't know. I simply do not recall. I also don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> oh, Sue. Oopsie, somebody remembers. Sue, when was the last time you peed your pants? I don't want to tell you. Sue, when was the last time you peed your pants? I don't want to tell you. One of the things that I have on my good guy Steve alert um, is that this man, who is a teenage boy, was offered to ask the first question in 20 questions and didn't ask anything weird. Yeah. What size is your bra? What are you going to do with that information? Are you a virgin? Yeah. He said, hey, when's the last time you peed your pants? Because that's what he wanted to know. You know? Probably because he peed his pants a little, barfing. Yeah, right. He remembered. He was like, oh, maybe I'll be less embarrassed. She's like, today, because scary stuff was happening to me, but it wasn't, it was not that much pee. Yeah. I am not going to be a broken record about this, but I love scenes where the characters are having a heart-to-heart and they can only hear each other and can't see each other. Yes. I talk about Mm -hmm. it every time. It is one of your favorite things. But... You know, it's great. It's a delightful trope. So Robin's question is, have you ever been in love? And Steve doesn't even hesitate. He's like, yes, Nancy Wheeler. First semester of senior year. And I'm like, not second semester of junior year? Because that was season one. Oh, yeah. Or was season one... Oh, it was like... Oh, no, I guess it was first semester, wasn't it? Yeah, season one would be first semester because it's a year because it because it ended with christmas so it would have been yeah. first semester and then we're just starting senior year in season two yeah that actually the math does not work out because yeah. they would have been in junior year in season one yeah because we go a whole year forward and they're still in high school when so i was like in, maybe he in wasn't in love two. with her in season one when she and he actually fell in love with her in season two yeah in, in between yeah. But then, yeah, then it would have been a, a second semester. Well, see, they break up in first semester senior year. Yeah. So Robin says that she thinks that Nancy is prissy, but Steve, Steve says that she isn't. And so she asks if he's still in love with her, even though it's not her turn to ask a question. And he says that he's not still in love with her. And if she... I think that's a lie, by the way. You think he's still in love with Nancy? Oh, yes. yeah. However... If Robin knows that she doesn't like Steve back, this question is a little bit leading. For her to be like, oh, are you still in love with her? Just, like, wondering if maybe you can be in love with me. You know what I mean? Like, I completely understand why he's, like, kind of considers that to be a go-ahead with what he's going to say next, you know? Okay, Mm -hmm. fair enough. But she could also mean it in a, like, is it safe to tell you this thing that I have in my head thing? I don't know. But yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I'm just trying to justify that weird writing choices. Yeah. I was wondering if if, uh, if he had said yes or something, maybe she could, like, go into how she's in love with Tammy so that she could come out to him beforehand or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. So he says that he found someone that would be better for him. And Dustin's been saying to find your Susie, and she doesn't know who that is. <laughs> she's like, I don't <laughs> like, know Wait, I need about. some backstory here for this charming uh, story. Little anecdote. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, she's some girl from camp who, like, might actually be imaginary, but anyway. This girl that I like is someone that I didn't even talk to in school because Tommy H. would have made fun of me if I talked to her. Tommy H. was an asshole. Tony H is an asshole. Yeah, he's like, it's dumb that I put so much stake into what other people thought, but I did, and I probably should have been hanging out with her the whole time, because she's funny, and she's smart, and she can crack Russian's codes, and, like, if they were facing each other... He would not be saying this. He, we wouldn't be getting these, like, amazing shots of how Robin actually feels about what he's saying, like, we'd be getting, like, a mask that she's putting on, you know? Yeah. And that's why I love scenes like this, because we can see how she actually feels. Mm Mm-hmm. So true, bestie. So she doesn't answer, and he moves over to her stall, and she's like, well, the floor is, like, really gross, so you should have just stood up and come, and he's like, I am already covered in blood and puke, uh, it's fine. Plus it looked cool. Yeah. And Rob- it was a great shot. Yeah, and Robin Peter pants, so... Yeah. <laughs> and it reminds me of you guys holding 
uh, your sister's baby because you guys are just always also covered in puke. It's true. <laughs> Every time I hold that baby. Yeah. Yeah. She do be barfy. And so he's like, okay, so what are your thoughts about this girl that I like? And she's like, well, she seems cool, but this guy is crazy. And he's like, really? Because I feel really sane about this. And I, oh, I wanted to say that I really love the detail of like the Sharpie on her shoes. Mm-hmm. She has her shoe up and so you can see her shoe. And I also drew on my shoes. It's relatable to me. And she says that she thinks that if he really knew her, he wouldn't want to be her friend. She genuinely thinks that he'll be homophobic about it, and she thinks that he'll be, like, grossed out and not be her friend anymore. Yep. so sad. And he's like, what? No, I would never do that. And And it's like, it's rural Indiana, so, like... Of course. She has reasons. And she's surprised to find out that she actually does like him a lot, because she, like, deeply hated him in school, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But she doesn't like him like that. She doesn't like like him. She's like, I'm not like Nancy. And he's like... Good. I like that you're not like Nancy because I have issues <laughs> surrounding Nancy. She's like, I didn't have a crush on you in Click's class. However, and I know that it was a writing reason that this was done, but she definitely made it seem like that. She she kind oh, of implied yeah. that she did. And that's probably why he felt like confident to do this also. And then plus the drugs as well. Yep. She said that she was obsessed with him because the girl she liked liked him because she wouldn't stop looking at you. And he's like, wait, Mrs. Click wouldn't stop staring at me? It's <laughs> like, weird, I didn't even notice. I guess I really wasn't paying attention in that class. I'm like, that man was high as hell. Yeah. What a himbo. She's like, no, Tammy Thompson. I wanted her to look at me, but she just looked at you, but you sucked. So, like, <laughs> why? Why like, was she looking at you? It was annoying that she liked you when you sucked. Because uh, you were messy and stupid and mean. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? She's a girl. And he's like, yes, you idiot. And he's surprised about it. And then he goes really quiet. And she's scared that what she thought would happen did. Like, straight up, he gets quiet, and she's like, oh no, he's seeing me different, and I'm not a human being anymore. And then she goes, hey, what are you thinking about? And he's like, no, 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 I'm just thinking. And she's like, okay. Like, it's it's, it's very visceral, I feel like Mm -hmm. she, like, what she thought would happen was happening. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then he's just like, I mean, Tammy's cute, but she's, like, boring. Yeah. And weird. She's like, Steve's just like, you could have better taste. Yeah. And she's like, no. And he's like, yeah, she wants to move to Nashville and become a singer. I like that he knows who she is. Yeah. Like, he knows all these details about her for some reason. I mean, because she was into him. Yeah. And and if they lived in a small town, then, like, he he wouldn't just be like, who? Yeah. You know? It makes total sense. And um, it's, like, the perfect way that people should react when you tell them this about yourself. Because... Like, your crush is stupid. Yeah, just, just judging the hell out of their taste. Like, so many people make it about themselves, and Steve absolutely could have made it about himself. Because... Because, like, he just confessed to having a crush on her, and... Like, basically, could have made, could have, he could have made it about himself. He could have said, like, something about how she mis, made him believe that he, she liked him back and, like, Mm -hmm. like, he could have been really shitty about it. Yeah. But he's not. Like, a lot of times people, when you come out to them, will be like, how does this affect me? me? And, like, why didn't you tell me sooner? Or, do you have a crush on me? Oh my god. And, like, it's not about you. And Steve gets that. Yeah. He doesn't make it about himself at all. He just starts cracking jokes like he absolutely would have if she had told him that she liked some dude. Yeah. Like, it's, they've established a relationship and he's like, alright, this is just a new thing I know about you, so, um, anyway, I'm gonna dunk on you for your shit taste. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, like, actually, I'm fine with the gay part, it's your taste that we need to talk about. Yeah. yeah. He's like, she wants to, like, move away? And she's like, yeah, she has a dream. And she's like, yeah, her dream is bad because she wants to be a singer, but she's not even good at she it. She sounds like a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> he starts doing an impression and he thinks that it's very accurate, but she thinks he sounds like a Muppet. And he's like, that's what she sounds like. So they just pretend to be Kermit together. And honestly, this went so well. 
It's so, that's one of the best coming out things I've ever seen. He's still your friend, and he took it so well, and he's not even being, like, crappy about the fact that that you almost kind of let him on, to be honest. Exactly. Um, And then Justin and Erica find them laughing together. I didn't have to say this at the top of the podcast because he was being chill, but I just wanted to say this is the first Stranger Things podcast that we were recording in which we have a tiny little baby puppy now. (laughs) Um, His name is Daly, and uh, so if you hear any little tiny puppy sounds, that's him. And sorry, but he's (laughs) a little rowdy now. Yeah, he he said, you know what? It's time for me to go freaking crazy. Can you tell me what he's eating? The bed? Yeah, I think. Uh uh. Stop it. The bed is for sitting on, it is not for eating, not a snack. So the movie ends, and clearly, like, all the other random patrons really enjoyed the movie. However, I do kind of have to judge them Mm -hmm. for going to the movie instead of the once-in-a-year fair that is on right now, like the carnival, and you're going to the movies? Well, I assume that the fun fair would last, like... The whole weekend. Mm. Oh, I, I see. Like sure. you wouldn't, you you wouldn't put this much effort into a fair or carnival thing that is only gonna last one only night. One night. Yeah. Like uh, that's not gonna turn enough revenue to have justified the price of the attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, on IMDb, there was a fun fact that was like one of the movies at the theater that they're like hiding in is the stuff, which came out in 1985, um, which also features an amorphous monster. Oh, so there you go. Oh. Um, so they stay hidden in the bathroom and we're like, okay, we just get on the bus with everyone else and we're home. And he's like, well, we can't go to your house because I accidentally gave them your full name. Ha <laughs> ha, oopsies. And of course we're like, oh no, Claudia. Oh no, Muse 2. Oh no. <laughs> Muse 2 is the It's like cul-de-sac. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, Justin's like, yeah, I don't care that you were drugged. That that was sucky of you. And I'm like, he, he was... He's very stupid, please. <laughs> so they see that uh, some guards are checking people as they leave, so they can't really take the front door. But then the guards see them, and the escalator is closed, so they have to, like, slide down and away, and it's, like, pretty heckin' cool. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of cut to the kid storyline that we had before. Um, and that's the Scoops of Hoy storyline. Woohoo! Uh, so now we're real quick going to talk about Patreon. Robin, what's Patreon? I will tell you. Or my dog will. That puppy's going to tell us. So, Pickle, what's Patreon? Interesting. Oh, interesting. His silence on this matter is deafening. <laughs> So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. Um, it is a monthly donation. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. At $1 a month, you get early access to all of our podcasts. Seems like a good t- time to do that because then you will get the finale one so early. So true. So true. Um, at $2, you get access to the... Oh, he wants to tell us. Fine, do it. To the Discord server. <laughs> $5 gets you um, 10% off at shopylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some cool stuff. Uh, $10 is our Patreon-only podcast, which is Okay, Love You, Hi! And we post about 45-minute-long episodes uh, bi-weekly. Um, and if you join that one, you get everything else that is below it. So seems pretty worth it to me. Um, I think so. If you can't join the Patreon, check out shoppylux.com because that's a way that you can support us uh, and also get something really cool out of it. Uh, and then if you can't do either of those, uh, just recommend this to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. If you like this one, tell some of your other friends who like Stranger Things. If you... Uh, like us. <laughs> yeah, if you like us, maybe check out some of our other ones because you can also recommend it to uh, yourself. Or maybe if you have a friend who's a stan of one of the other shows that we cover, like maybe just tell them about it. We'd really appreciate that. Thanks! Uh, and so Sam did the summary for the Jopper storyline. Yes, I did. <clears throat> Alright, so the 4th of July fun fair is in full swing, and I want to go so bad! Yeah. 
<gasps> Date night. Aww. Aww. Mayor Klein comes out and makes a speech praising the Hawkins marching band and revving up the crowd. Elsewhere, Karen, Holly, and Ted get on the Ferris wheel. Karen has slipped the ride operator a 20, so he stopped them at the top during the fireworks spectacular. It's the best seat in the house, and Holly sees the trees moving, but Karen pays it no mind and tells her just look at the fireworks. Yeah, look at the pretty things. In the car on the way back to Hawkins, Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well then. Listen, you're not supposed to go through this story. Uh-uh. In the car on the way back to Hawkins, Alexi and Murray are discussing how to shut down the machine. They need two keys and a fancy math number to turn it off, and they have to do it together. Joyce thinks that it shouldn't be too hard, but then Hopper starts bickering with her until Murray interrupts them and then reads them both to filth about how they absolutely want to bone each other real bad. They doth protest too much, and uh, <laughs> he reads them both individually as well. They're mortified about how right he is, and Murray <laughs> He explains to Alexi that he told him they should bone, and Alexi's like, they haven't? Weird. <laughs> Awkward. Hopper pulls into the fun fair, and he and Joyce get out to go look for the kids. Hopper tells Murray to stay in the damn car. He apologizes to Joyce about Murray, and she tells him that she just wants to find the kids. Klein sees them walking around and runs off to his car to call in the, his comrades to uh, turn Hop over so they don't actually just, you know, murder Mayor Klein. Alexi explains to Murray uh, that when they shut it down, it'll explode, and then he can't be anywhere near it. His vids plot foreshadowing, oh god. He also tells him that he just wants to be an American, and Mur- Murray's like, let's go do some American fun. And Murray explains that all the games are rigged, and that's part of it, like, American life and capitalism. Murray leaves uh, Alexi to play games while he goes in search of some fair food. Elsewhere, Jim and Joyce see Karen getting into a ride, and they follow her inside and ask if she knows where the kids are. It's the 80s, so she absolutely does not know where they are. The ride operator tells Hop and Joyce to get against the wall, and then Slam starts the ride, because they don't listen. Uh, they're slung against the edge, and Joyce reaches down to hold his hand as they spin around the Gravitron. Romance! Oh, it's spectacular. What a good handhold. Alexi plays darts and has a crowd of children cheering him on because he's doing so well. He throws the fifth dart and wins himself a giant, uh... I did not find that on Spotify. I didn't ask you to. I wonder what she searched. <laughs> darts. Darts. Yeah. You definitely find that on Spotify. <laughs> He wins himself a giant stuffed Woody Woodpecker. He goes off to find Murray, who's happily waving two corn dogs in the air. Terminator interlopes, though, and uh, straight up shoots Alexi in the middle of a crowd. No one notices but Murray, and he drags him between two booths, saying saying that he's going to go get help. Murray finds Hopper and yells that they got Alexi. Hop sees Russian agents closing in on them and runs off holding Joyce's hands. Karen sees them running around and comments on them making an odd couple. Joyce and Hopper decide to split, and Hopper leads the agents into a funhouse and starts just absolutely dropping their asses uh, one by one, and Joyce runs off to find Murray, but when they return to Alexi, he is already dead. Back in the funhouse, Terminator closes in on Hop. Outside, Joyce sees Mayor Klein and walks up to him and punches him straight in the face and then knees him in the balls. Good for her. <laughs> right. Uh, inside the funhouse, they're in this, like, sick mirror room, and Hopper gets the jump on Terminator by using those to his advantage and uh, shoots him real good. But he has a vest on, so uh, he still is not dead. It's enough for Hop to get away, though, and into the getaway car with Joyce and Murray. He's got one of their walkies and has Murray start translating. The kids are at the mall. Mm-hmm. Great, so now we can all come together. Yeah. Finally. So, first of all, the fair is up and running. People are having an amazing time. And we see the giant slide. In my family, um, the giant slide, we all have to go on the giant slide once. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, it's a race. 
Oh, okay. of course. Uh, and so I've then, never like, been on one of those. It's like a raining thing in our, in our family, okay. and someone has to be at the bottom to take a picture so that we have photo evidence, and so the big slide is very important. I Honestly, love, I love the big slide. Classic Jeffrey behavior. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, this town and, like, the high school and everything, like, I think this is, like, the whole county or something, but this is more people than I thought lived here, to be honest. Yeah. It has to be the whole county. It says county on it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the county um, there. Okay. Yeah. So that's, like, multiple... Multiple small towns. Yeah, okay. it's more than Hawkins. Yeah. And so the band stops so that Klein can talk. This is the Hawkins High Marching Band, and you were saying they are playing the same song as in Back to the Future. Yes. Yes, they are. It is wild. And he's like, are you having fun? And everyone's cheering. And he asks, like, three more times. And I'd be like, oh, my God, yes, stop. I'd be like, now I'm not having leave. fun. Like, stop. You're making it weird. So he says, they spared no expense. I used all of your tax dollars for this. <laughs> That's a Jurassic Park reference. Go ahead. Yeah. In Jurassic Park, the owner of the park just constantly throughout the movie is, we spared no expense. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's no like, expense. bragging a lot. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we spared no expense. Love it. So Karen, Ted, and Holly are here. And her other two kids, nowhere to be found. Who oh, no. <laughs> Um, if it was me, I'd be like, you're coming to the fair. Uh, you're coming. Well, it's, it's the, a family fun time. It's the 80s, so people, like, didn't pay that much attention, and mm-hmm. and if you were over 13, you could run wild. Yeah. yeah. I just, like, I wonder, I'd be like, why aren't you at the fair? Why wouldn't you want to be at the fair? We, like, this is, like, what, the first fair ever? Like, come on. <laughs> Holly, she was important a little bit in season one, and I wish she had been brought in more, to be honest. Yeah. Because well, yeah, she kind of disappeared, didn't she? Yeah, and we kind of get the vibe once they're up on the Ferris wheel and everything that, like, she sort of has a an in with the Upside Down or, like, the vibes, you know, like she did in season one. And so I'm like, I hope season four brings in Holly more. I'd be interested in that. I think they keep just using Holly as, like, kids are more aware of things than mm, you realize. Yeah. yeah. But it would be kind of cool if they were like, actually, Holly is Force-sensitive? I was just gonna yeah. say Force-sensitive. <laughs> Um, and so they're, like, kind of just enjoying torturing Ted, because he kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just scared of heights, and but he still goes up on the Ferris wheel with his family, which is really sweet. Um, and then we go back to Klein, and he's like, do you want to see some fireworks? And I'd be like, please stop asking me questions. <laughs> yeah, like, I, this is too much pressure. Shut up. And so the Ferris wheel stops, and they're all at the top. And Karen bribed the ride guy so they could watch the fireworks from the top of the Ferris wheel. And honestly, that's genius. That's iconic mom behavior. My mm-hmm. favorite part, though... Is that my next note was, I'm surprised that Jimmy at the bottom there did it for only a five. In your summary, you said she gave him a 20. And I was like, that would make way more sense because only a five, Jimmy? Come on, get what you can get. But also, I'm probably wrong. Yeah. It is it is a five. Yes. Inflation. Inflation my brain right. automatically said a 20 because it That's probably that would have been enough. And now, mm-hmm. and back in the 80s, which is 40 years ago now. Yeah. What? Um, (laughs) I'm uncomfy I don't like that I'm just I'm like come on Give me Jimmy get your gun (laughs) Jimmy get 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 what you're worth I just think it's funny That she's like Oh yeah I slipped him a five I'm like that's more than Mike owns (laughs) Mike only owns Three dollars and fifty (laughs) cents And we see Holly just sort of, like, parroting Karen because she's just a kid, and so she just, like, she repeats what her mom says. Yeah. I was worried about her little stuffed animal. She needs to hold on to that harder. You are at the top of a Ferris wheel, and it's literally just, like, sitting there, and I'm like, somebody strap that thing in. Right? <laughs> um, but that's why I, like, love the moment where, like, we see Ted later, and Ted is the one who's holding it now. Like, he, like, has it on the Gravitron and everything. Yeah. And so I... This is the only episode where I have, like, one singular feeling for Ted. I like that all <laughs> the adults... Yeah. All the adults are just getting yeeted on the Gravitron, and Holly's yeah. just like, I am having fun. I am I'm like, are you tall enough to be on here? 
Oh, probably not. Well, if you can, uh, carnival rides and stuff like that, you can get away with having a kid on it if they have their parent with them. Mm. Especially in, like, the 80s. Right. It's like, you can only get on it if you're this tall unaccompanied, but if they're accompanied, like... Gotcha. But her, her, like, just sort of repeating what Karen is saying reminds me of Eleven earlier this season with Max. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, enjoying the fireworks, and Holly notices the trees moving, and (laughs) Karen's like, are you crazy? Like, look at the sky. That's where the heckin' show is happening. But then we get the creepy creature growling, and... You know, it sort of feels like Holly maybe has some sort of, like, pull to the upside down as well, like I said. Yeah. So Hopper is driving the other three people, and Marie and Alexi are speaking Russian, and Hopper's like, what is he talking about? And he's showing him the location of the keys. There are two of them. And Hop understands that it's like a nuclear launch. And they talk about how there's a vault that you can open with Planck's constant, which is a really famous number. Yeah. And Joyce is like, okay, well, that seems simple. Like, we can just do that. And Hopper's like, um, it's an impenetrable fortress. And they're like, okay, well, the military will help us get in. Will they? Will they? Um, because you yelled at them like a bomb and then hung up. So I don't know if they're coming, to be honest. Um, and so Joyce, like, yells about how she wants Wouldn't to Wouldn't it be funny, though, if the, if the military was just like, well, she was rude. I don't want to yeah, go. Yeah, she was mean. I don't care if a bunch of people die. Hmm. That seems like extra work for me for someone who won't even appreciate it. <laughs> so Joyce says that he just wants to be dropped off first or, like, right now. And Hopper's like, oh, you're going to walk back to Hawkins? And she's like, as long as I'm away from you, I'll get an Uber. <laughs> and so Murray calls them out on their feelings and they're like, what? Your Hi, sexual tension is annoying. Oh, He's like, yeah, it was kind of cute before. Like, I was shipping it before, but now it's annoying. So you need to stop doing that. You guys are, are like... It's like Stan Twitter killing a ship for you. Yeah. And so he says that Hopper probably reminds Joyce of a previous relationship, Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, and because our head canon is that they all went to school together. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he would, she would really like to settle down with someone nice, but she wants to know what he's like in bed. And, um... <laughs> Then he says that Hopper would rather be tough than show his actual feelings because last time you showed your actual feelings, you got hurt. And this is a weird mating ritual that I don't like. So either stop bickering or get it over with. Mm -hmm. And we've said it before, but this is like the exact right time to mention it. It was really gross when he did it to Nancy and Jonathan in last season. Oh, it was icky. But when he does it here, it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are two... It's not consenting adults because neither of them want to hear this. But we are adults. But they are adults and like... They are consenting to the fact that privately they do yeah. want, have these feelings that he's calling them right. out on. Yeah, they um, are but they're like, madly into each other. Me. Excuse me, this is supposed to be left unsaid. Yeah. I want to yearn, yeah. sir. <laughs> it kind of is obnoxious how into each other Excuse they are. Excuse me, it's a slow burn. <laughs> you can't just say these things. And like... It's also that delicious trope of, like, everybody can see it but us. Yeah. And, uh, like, so it's very fun for them to be like, oh, no, I and thought I, nobody could tell. Yeah. We've been perceived. But I also kind of love the idea, like, obviously Hopper knows that this has been happening, but I love the idea of Joyce being, like, ha- like having no idea, and then this is, like, Murray being like, oh, you have feelings for Hopper, and she's like, oh. Oh. Is that what, that is? Is that what those are? That's awkward. Um, so they both kind of just, like, sit there being like, uh, oop. And Alexi, <laughs> Alexi's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I told them to get it on. And he's like, well, they haven't done that before? And he's like, no. And so they both start laughing. Because, yeah, because it's know, really funny. that they did. You I assume that so they're funny. already a couple. Like, a couple years into their marriage. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. He's like, it's weird that they, like, lost their rings or something. I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, and then they pass the border into Indiana. So they get to the fair. Um, Jopper get out to go and find the kids. Um, I like that, once again, this episode, he keeps calling them our children, which mm-hmm. I love. And he tells Murray to stay and, like, go over the plan with Alexi. And Murray wants to play at the fair, too, because the vibes are so fun. Like, who doesn't love a fair? I'd be so mad. I'd be like, are you kidding me? I'm gonna just stay here. Hopper's like, you'll scare the kids because they think that their actual kids are here. Like, they yeah. genuinely think that they're here. And he's like, you're gonna scare our children. I'm like, yeah, because those kids get scared easily. Right, yeah, I was just going to sure. say, yeah, what she has to say is going to scare him. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because the scariest thing they've ever seen is Murray. <laughs> I mean... So, imagine you're just a random patron of the fair, okay? Okay. Imagine you're a random imagine, patron sure, sure. of the fair, and you're heading to your car to go, like, grab something. Okay. And you see this flashy car, the Todd father, with just two grown men just sitting in the back, speaking Russian. I, you th- you yeah. think... I'd be like, uh, did you guys want to come to the I'd be fair? like... Police? Yeah. Weird people? And Hopper would be like, I'll be there, and he won't come. <laughs> it's really like, you're like, wait, isn't this, this after the Cold War? Mm, like, in during the height of, I think. You'd be calling the cops on the Russians real quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how are there so many Russians just hanging out at the fair? And like, like so many things are happening in the, like, din of the, the, like, height of the the feelings and the vibes of the fair that people aren't noticing. You know, yeah. like, they're just walking by and straight up someone just got murdered right beside you and you didn't notice. Like, this man has a giant gun. That's humanity. And you just have it, like, it's just crazy to me. Like, not even that they would just, like, ignore it, but just the fact that they, like, straight up don't see it. Yeah. You know? So then Hopper, they walk in, Hopper says that Klein sucks, but he does know parties. Um, and he says that he's sorry about Murray. <laughs> like, he just says crazy things to annoy people. So... <laughs> He definitely just made all that up. Yeah, he just (laughs) says stuff, and she's like, okay, whatever, let's just go find the kids. So Klein wins a bear, which he totally cheated for, obviously. Um, Like, right? Mm. Probably. Who wins a- Klein. Like, he does it on the, um, like, the hammer game. Oh, yeah. Like, the big hammer. I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever. But it was just for the news, because he goes and, like, gets a photo op afterwards with, like, these patchy the guy, girls. He, he, like, walks up and he's like, hey, turn it off. Yeah, exactly. So then he sees Jopper and he runs to his car to call the Russians because he, his cell phone is in his car, which is how it'd be. Mm-hmm. Back in the car, Alexi and Murray are discussing he wants to become an American so that he can have fun. And they're kind of, they're also like sort of talking about the plan. They're continuing to talk about the plan. And this is important because Alexi is about to die. And so it's really important for Murray to have all the information that Alexi would have. Yeah. It's like one of those things where when you're watching it, you're like, oh, I should have seen this coming. He's Mm -hmm. literally info dumping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Murray says that he can have fun now. And so they get out and walk around because nothing is more American than the fair. So true. And if they had just stayed in the car, Alexi might have survived. And so, and, and, you know, if Murray hadn't left him alone. And so, like, I completely understand how terrible Murray feels about this. And Murray, like, totally feels responsible. Because if he had just listened, then maybe he still would have, like, at least, if he couldn't have been alive for, like, the whole season, at least he would have been able to, like, come and help them continuing on next episode. Yeah. And so he buys tickets for them. And he straight up just gives all the tickets to Alexi. He doesn't even... Like, he's paying for this for Alexi to go have fun. They're, like, best friends. And they, like, finally realize that they're, like, actually really, like, friendly and close. And then he dies. It's very sad. I feel bad for Murray, specifically, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's that's actual real trauma. But that's Mm -hmm. also, um, maybe his payback for weirdly sexualizing teenagers. Oop. I just, like, I hope he hasn't done it as many times as would be necessary for him to witness his best friend get murdered mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah all right like i'm like i don't know if those things uh, i mean uh, listen maybe out. you're right don't worry about it <laughs> just like shh about it though so he's asking if the games are rigged and he's like oh yeah for sure and he's oh, like yeah. well they seem fair and he's like yeah it's an illusion to get your money because that's america 
<laughs> and so we're just gonna leave him alone to get food, and I'm like, bro, he doesn't speak English. Like, take him with you. He Does he even understand the rules? Like, someone has to explain things to him. But he just happily, like, has his tickets, and he's just walking around. He's like, okay, I understand the basic concept. Yeah, and so he walks past Jopper, and Joyce finds Karen. Ted, they're walking onto the Gravitron, and Ted is worried about seatbelts, um, which, of course, tracks with him being afraid of heights before. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, there's no seatbelt on this ride. Centrifugal force holds you in place. And then she's like, oh my god, hi, Joyce. And I, yeah, I don't know where the kids are. I guess they're not here yet. She like yeah. expects them to show up, although she probably hasn't talked to them about it. Yeah, I had that kind of freedom when I was a kid. Mm. Um, I don't know if I did. You all, they always like my parents always had to know where you were. Uh, like you could go off and do yeah, stuff. I had, yeah, my mom had to know where I was, but like yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh well, where are they? She's like, I don't know. They're just always at like someone's house. I don't know. One of the people that she names that of whose houses that they were at, she names Dustin, and they definitely weren't at Dustin's house because they weren't even hanging out with Dustin. Exactly. Right. So, but like they started the season at Dustin's house. That's true. That's which true. was like three days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Us. Uh, it's been like a full year <laughs> of covering the season almost. Um, and she's like, well, they, that's how it is during summer. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. So then Ted's like, oh, they're probably just getting into trouble. And I'm like, oh my god, Ted, the first correct thing you've ever said, Ted? What? Where are you? Like, Ted, I need you to participate more here, bud. <laughs> so they keep getting yelled at to get up against the wall. And did they even pay for tickets to get on? I think they just walked on. Like, who let them on there? It could uh, be that when you buy your main tickets, you can just walk onto the ride. I don't think it, they bought main tickets. I mean, it could also be that, like, the rides are free and the oh, the, the games. games are not. Okay, okay. Which, like, <laughs> winner, winner. Yeah, like, great. That's what I want I would rather anyway. just ride the rides. Yeah. And so Hawk just wants to get off, and but the lady calls him Magnum and just starts the <laughs> ride. Um, so that's a Magnum P.I. joke. Because of his goofy-ass shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his mustache, probably. His mustache. Uh-huh. Uh, so the ride starts, and Ted is the one who's holding on to Holly's teddy. And honestly, that's a good dad move. Didn't yeah. see this coming from you, but it is. Because it definitely would have gotten, Ted. like, yeeted from uh, from her. Yeah. And Jopper holds hands on the ride. Uh, incredible. Um, the, God, just the vibes of the fair are so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of the neon, there's, like, so much neon at the fair, at the mall. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. The lighting is immaculate. At the, at the, at the store, at the little, yeah. the store. Ugh. The aesthetic is delicious. Incredible. incredible. Yeah. Like, I want to live inside the aesthetic of Stranger Things. Yeah. So, Alexia's hit all of these green balloons. I guess he needs to get, like, specifically green balloons, it seems. Mm -hmm. He just needs one more. And lots of people are watching because, like, most people don't get this far, I guess. It seems like, you know, the guy is, like, really surprised that he's able to do this. Mm -hmm. And then he does it, and they're like, oh my god, we have a winner. And you know what? At least he got something nice before he was murdered. Like, at least he had some sort of, um... Victory. Yeah. A good... He 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 went out feeling good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And so he gets this Woody the Woodpecker stuffy, and he's like, oh my god, Murray, looked, it's not rigged. It, I did it. And Murray's, like, laughing, and he, like, laughs at, like, Woody the Woodpecker, and they're like, ha-ha, we both... Because he loves cartoons. Mm-hmm. Alexi loves cartoons. And they're best friends. And he's like, he got them corn dogs. He's, like, dancing around with his corn dog. He never even got to try his corn dog. It's oh like... Oh my god, he did it! No. The, like, the... Is it the dissonant juxtaposition of, like, the the elation that the two of them feel in this moment backed right into um, the imminence of him dying. Yeah, yeah. It's just so sad. It's well written, but it's real sad. Mm -hmm. And so Grigori enters, calls him a traitor, and then it's revealed that he shot him, and it's heartbreaking. And 
the shot happens at the same time as as a balloon pop, and he also had a silencer on, so, mm-hmm. like, I don't, somehow no one notices. Marie runs over to try and help him, and I just gotta say, the people in this town are just plain unobservant. Um, <laughs> they don't notice anything. They're sure, and they had to just, like, leave his body there. I'm like, at what point does someone notice that there's a there's dead a body man. And They'll so, probably just think he's drunk. Yeah. I I guess, but but one like at what point does someone walk over there and do something? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, he gets led away, and he like runs to find Joyce and Hopper, and Murray finds Hopper and tells him. But Hopper sees Gregory, so they're like, "Oh, we gotta go." And so Hopper and Joyce are like r- holding hands and running away. Mm-hmm. And Romantic. Karen recognizes that Jopper's totally a thing, but just like thinks it's kind of weird. And Ted's like. There's someone out there for everyone. <laughs> the look she gives him is like, you are not the one for me. I know, but like, he puts his arm on her shoulder, like, and you're my someone. And she just looks back and she's like, she's just like what is my life? God. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but you think that Karen would also, like, know what's been going on here. Yeah. Because, like, everybody can tell. Mm-hmm. And she probably, assumedly, also went to school. To high school with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, right. So, like, you've been Anything here. she'd think it would be an about time here. situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And so then we hear somebody in the back and going, who wants a hot dog? And I'm pretending that that's the guy Me. from- That's the guy from last episode who, like, had a hot dog cart and just in the middle of the road and Klein went and yelled at him, so I'm pretending it's that guy. Um, Hopper tells Joyce to go get the car, but, like, a Russian guy is following and radioing, like, where he's going, so Hopper has to go and, like, figure that out first. So he goes into the big top, and I feel like- Every single one of these is laid out exactly the same. Like, I feel like I've been in that exact one. 100%. Oh, yes. Except for the tiger thing. Uh, I don't think mine was tiger themed. I was always too afraid to go in those, to be honest. Yeah. Ours was, like, haunted house themed rather than, like, circus themed. Mm. Yeah. There, there was one at West Ed that they had near um, the Mindbender that mm-hmm. was like a haunted house, and I went in it once and like had a panic attack. I yeah. was too scared. Mm-hmm. But Hopper runs in and tells everyone to get their kids out because he's the police, and that's for the best because a bunch of shooting is happening, and that's sort of how they are explaining away the fact that there aren't any other people in this. Yeah, because he's told them to get out. So the dude who's following him is like seems like he's kind of scared of the fun house, to be honest, and it's like. I regret my choices of becoming this Russian spy. Yeah. (laughs) So he enters the cave of horrors. He goes into the punching bag room thing. And it says, don't show your fear in the presence of a tiger or you may never escape this cave alive. And Hopper attacks him. um, With like the tiger roar sound, which I think is funny. But then later when he leaves the room, then you hear the tiger roar sound again. So I think it's, as far as I can tell, it's like a motion activated sound that happens when you go through that thing. It totally is. It's, so he was like, it's a jump scare. Yeah, he was like hiding there. And then when he jumped out, it made the tiger sound. Which yeah. Which is fun. So Joyce is looking for Murray who grabs her and he takes her to Alexi, but he's already died and he was all by himself oh, too. Really like, I'm so sad. I'm so sad that Murray like left to go get him help and he like had to die, die by himself. That was the worst part is that he yeah. died alone. And surrounded by all these people who are like, so happy and celebrating and don't and just don't care yeah and like just haven't noticed and they're like there's a dead person in here and like on a day that is just celebrating america in this place where all he wanted to do was sort of like be a part of that culture and now he's like watching that culture as he passes away yeah Ugh. Devastating. You know what, though? Better than dying or being murdered in, like, that facility or by the Russians. That's true. Yeah. Like, at least he had his Woody the Woodpecker. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. he had his victory. He had, like, people that could have been his friends, like... And Murray feels like it's his fault because he left him and it was, like, only for a corn dog. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wish I could tell Murray I hate you, but this was not your fault. Yeah. This and, was gonna happen. like, Murray has known Alexi for, like, maybe two days, maybe, but it's probably one of the only friends that Murray has maybe ever had because he, like, lives by himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything. Like, you know, he's isolated a lot. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm sad for both Alexi and Murray. It yeah. cracks me up that Murray made friends with the very person he was trying to avoid the entire time. Yeah, right. He's been, like, so against the Russians for, like, the past two seasons. And now, like, it turned out that he, like, made friends with one. Yeah. It's sweet. Like, I really disliked didn't really care for Murray at all in season two, mm-hmm. um, but they really they really bring him back in season three, and it's kind of, it's impressive to be honest that they were like let's bring back this character that no one really liked and let's make him better. Yeah, I love it. Yep. So Hop continues to fight in the big top, and to be honest, this scene is mostly just fighting. But Grigori shows up because the dude had radioed where he was going, so Grigori knew where to go. And none of these people are giving tickets, so I was like, why are they allowed on? But your explanation that maybe it's not a ticket, like the rides aren't ticketed Mm -hmm. then that makes way more sense because no one's giving tickets when they're walking on these rides Mm -mm. so hopper has the dude's gun now the guy who he fought in the tiger room he took his gun so now hopper has a gun and someone calls for him on the radio but he can't answer because he's like knocked out or whatever Mm -hmm. and hopper takes that radio and leaves and then we get the tiger sound again so like i said i thought it was like a joke before but i guess it's like when you go through the tiger's mouth the tiger sound plays and so gregory shows up sees the dude on the ground but he doesn't care and just keeps following hopper joyce and murray go to the parking lot because i guess they just had to leave alexi's body there which yeah they is, couldn't like, they'd make it it would slow them down yeah it would have endangered them to bring him and joyce sees klein who is the one who called the russians so is honestly part of like most of the reason why the he died still just right by his car if he didn't just call these people here and so she goes and punches him in the face and kicks him in the balls and it's incredible and some dude in the background cheers her on and i just respect i respect I both joyce that. He's like, like yeah. so funny. Yeah. And after all, Klein's a swine. He is a swine. Such <laughs> a swine. Like them, right? He's trying to, like, throw this thing to get everybody to like him again, and everyone's like, hey, I would watch you get kicked in the balls at yeah. this thing. <laughs> Way to go, lady! Like, it's great. <laughs> so Grigori follows Hopper into the Hall of Mirrors, and this must have been so hard to shoot in. Like, not guns, uh, because obviously it's hard to shoot guns there, but also the show in general. Yeah. Um, I went to film school and I know that even just one regular normal mirror or like the reflection off of, of off of a te- television screen is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like reflections from windows there. It's a nightmare. And so I can't imagine. I have no idea how they did this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like a lot of it had to be like digitally removing stuff. I Well, I also think that most of it is not actually mirrored and mm-hmm. it's a practical trick mm-hmm. with the like repeating columns. To make you think that it's mirrored, but there's only really, like, one mirror. Right, and it could even be partially green screen as well. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a- I think it was probably a lot of other things, and I also think that they- the the shooting crew of that scene was one cameraman. Like, one steady cam person. So that it was the least amount of, like, digit- digital stuff that they needed to do. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, so he starts firing his gun at some reflections like an idiot- clown. But Hopper knows what's up and he shoots actual Grigori, but then more people start following him and Grigori is not dead. And the dudes try to help him up, but he's like a manly man. And he's like, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. He apparently had a bulletproof vest on. And you know what? I wish the same had been true for Alexi, but he's just a scientist. He's not a soldier, you know? Yeah, he's a little. And so Hopper has to go down the slide now, like this children's slide. Oh God, and it's so, so embarrassing. Funny. I love it. 
And we don't see it, but are we going to talk about how Grigori probably went down the slide, too? (laughs) (laughs) But then Joyce brings the car around, and Hopper jumps in, and he realizes that Alexi isn't with them anymore, and they all, like, kind of, like, quietly, quickly, silently mourn him, which is really, really good. Um, And then the radio starts crackling, so he hands Murray the radio so that he can translate what they're planning, and they said they found the children in the lower level of the mall. So we can all head to the mall and we can all come together again. <laughs> and that's the and that's the episode. Yeah. It was it was a good it's a good penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. One more ep. One more ep. I'm excited. Woo-hoo. Woohoo! Uh, so now it's time for our segments. My first segment is Good Guy Steve Alert, and these are so this is it. <laughs> good guy Steve Alert. Steve has the opportunity to ask the girl he likes anything, and he opts for talking about peeing your pants instead of something weird. I mean, you can't blame the man. Good guy Steve Alert. Steve is totally fine learning that Robin likes girls. Yeah. That's the best good guy Steve Alert. Good guy Steve Alert. Steve admits his feelings for Robin and is completely chill being rejected. It's true. Yeah. He can take it out. Yeah. This episode is one of the best of Good Guy Steve. Yep. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. He's done. Th- there is no bad guy Steve. Exactly. Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, and my segment is how garbage he was Jonathan this episode. Um, he missed something really obvious, so I'm gonna say he was like a seven. A seven? Yeah. He annoys me. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe like a three just for saying some stupid stuff. <laughs> he annoys me. We haven't gotten to give him a high rating in that's a minute. That's true. That's true. Yeah. This is this is not an objective or fair scale. Okay. Okay. And my segment is, uh, did Joyce and Hopper acknowledge their obvious chemistry and history? Um, yeah, they did. And Murray? Murray, like, super pointed it out, and then they held hands. Twice, like, multiple times. It was great. Like, and Joyce initiated. Mm -hmm, Like, this mm -hmm. is some progress here. She's like, oh, maybe I'm into this big hunky man that is also an idiot. (laughs) You really had to say that, huh? I know I'm right. (laughs) And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Dustin, Robin, and Steve for... Elle has superpowers. I'm sorry? Superpowers. She threw it with her mind. Come on, catch up. <sighs> Come on, Robin. Figure it out, man. Get yeah. into it. And mine goes to Steve, Dustin, and Robin for... She's blocked. Then don't watch the movie. We want to watch it. Then watch it. Jesus Christ, Dustin. I like how he screams. That's every conversation that anyone ever has with yeah. me. I'm just, like, disagreeing for fun. <laughs> then watch it. And they're like... Shh, and everyone's like, shh, you shush. <laughs> Mine goes to Murray and Alexi for Murray saying, I told them they should have sex. And then Alexi being like, they have not had sex. And Murray being like, no. And then they both laugh. They both laugh. <laughs> it's adorable. It's so cute. I love their friendship. <laughs> 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 Joyce and Hopper are just like sitting in the front seat like I'm going to combust Yeah, especially like they don't know what they're saying They're just laughing in Russian <laughs> Or they're not laughing in Russian But they said something in Russian and then started laughing Like, <laughs> You good. guys are weird Thank you so much for listening to this episode Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes Thank you so much to our lovely roommate Emily For hanging out in her room while we recorded this She was working, but we still appreciate her She's, She's still icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you would give us a review On Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this um, That would be great That'd We be really me. appreciate that about you Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too um, It 
is not good, but our podcast is. Yes. <laughs> we did seasons four to seven as they were airing, so no spoilers. And now we're going back to do uh, the good old days, uh, just to round it out, you know? Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we talk about that show too. Um, we are in the back half of season three right now. It's our most big brain podcast, our longest podcast. We have guests over there, and it is also spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch with us for the first time, you can, and I recommend it. And it's just, it's one of the best shows of all time, so um, you're not going to want to miss it. Go treat yourself. If you're a fan of uh, Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. It's our only weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Currently. And it is utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are in the back half of season five, and uh, some stuff is happening for sure. Oh, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> if you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that whole thing, too. Uh, we covered season one of Star Trek Picard, and we'll be covering season two. Woohoo! Eventually. Whatever it comes out. Mm-hmm. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. You know. You know. You yeah. know. You know. We're mostly on Twitter, but... As you know, Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards, so if you want um, that gif of Murray and Alexi laughing at Joyce and Hopper, uh, <laughs> coming soon to a Tumblr near you. <laughs> nice. Ours. <laughs> Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, ugh, it is expensive what we do. Um, we really appreciate it. I talked about all the cool perks that you can get from our Patreon, uh, earlier. And if you can't do that, check out shopylux.com. Links are in the description. Uh, and if not that, or you can do all of these things at once if you want, uh, recommend us to a friend, even if that friend is you. Check out some of our other podcasts. We would really appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Africania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Um, our next episode is the final episode that is currently available. Um, it's episode 308, The Battle of Starcourt, which is an iconic title. Incredible. Yeah. Um, when they when they introduced that that one, I was like, wah, 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 wah. I was so excited. <laughs> so this episode, uh, our final episode, it comes out on November 3rd, but it'll be on Patreon October 27th, which is just in time for Halloween um, if you're on Patreon for us. So... Um, yeah, can't wait. Woo! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!